You're listening to the Earn That Body podcast, episode number 232. Welcome to the Earn That Body show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. I hope you're doing great. This is Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body podcast. Today, we are going to talk about if I knew then what I know now, I'm going to tell you 10 things that I used to do that I wish looking back I had never done. And perhaps you're doing these things now because you don't know any better or you don't have the education to realize that it might be doing more harm than good. And yes, I can tell you that these all pertain basically to health and fitness and nutrition uh, back in the day for me and what I used to do versus what I do now and what I know now as well. So I wanted to share all of that with you and just let you know that we are in summer. Well, I consider June summer, whether it's June 1st or the end of June. I just, we hit June and, and that's summer for me. And I hope that you have great summer plans ahead. I am working with a lot of people right now who have recently um, reached out and signed up for programs who, who know that they have too many vacations over the summer to truly work on maybe a full nutrition program, but they don't want to gain weight over the summer. So I have some people who are doing sort of a small nutrition program without food logging and a lot of people who are just wanting the accountability of a workout program for the summer. Both of these things are great to ensure that you don't gain weight over these difficult summer months. Uh, We talked about that in the podcast the other week, but it is a great time to definitely keep your health in check, but you know, enjoy a little. A lot of vacations are happening, especially sort of post-pandemic. Not that the pandemic is over, but people are starting to travel more. But I always like to keep people on track as much as possible because As a lot of people know, especially as we get older, it gets harder to lose weight as we get older. So the best thing we can do is prevent the weight gain from happening as much as possible. So whether that's me helping you with nutrition or a workout program for the summer, never hesitate to reach out. Kim at earnthatbody.com. I'm happy to find a program that fits your needs best, or you can always go to the website earnthatbody.com to check out all the program and workout options. All right, so as I said, we're gonna talk about the things that if I knew then what I knew now and how they might impact you, all of that after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, we're talking about should kids take multivitamins? This came up in the U.S. news, and I thought it was an interesting topic. So many of my followers are parents and especially moms. And you might think that you should be giving your kid a multivitamin. Well, this article says that the multi-billion dollar, isn't that amazing? Multi-billion dollar multivitamin industry markets its products so extensively that you'd be forgiven for thinking that everyone always needs to take a multivitamin. But they actually say that's not the case. And as a general rule, kids don't need to take multivitamins. That is what the experts are saying. 
Now, the vast majority of children don't need to take a multivitamin, according to Dr. Eric Ball, who is a pediatrician with Providence Mission Hospital in Orange County, California. Instead, children should obtain all of the vitamins and minerals they need from their, guess what? from their food. Now, supplementing unnecessarily can actually be problematic, according to a pediatrician that is the director of ambulatory pediatrics with Orlando Health Arnold Palmer Hospital for Children in Florida. And they say, while it may seem harmless to give your children or child vitamins as sort of some kind of insurance policy, receiving large amounts of certain vitamins like vitamin A, vitamin C, or even vitamin D, that can cause nausea, rashes, headaches, and sometimes even more severe side effects. They note that one reason your child may not need a daily vitamin is that the amount of food your child needs to eat to get enough vitamins is probably a lot smaller than you think. And many common foods such as breakfast cereal, pasta, milk, granola bars, and bread, a lot of these are already fortified with a lot of important nutrients like calcium, vitamin D, and vitamin B, and even iron. So something to think about, your kid does not necessarily need a multivitamin. The first thing you should always do is discuss with your doctor or pediatrician if you feel that there's a reason that your child needs a multivitamin. But honestly, if they are eating a healthy diet, they're probably doing just fine. Now, I even did a podcast about vitamins, and you might want to check that out, episode number 126, because it talks a lot about what vitamins even adults need or should be taking or should not be taking. But when in doubt, you probably know if you follow me in the past or you've been listening to the podcast for a while, When in doubt, I honestly and truly believe that you should not need supplements if you're eating a healthy, balanced diet. And so for these kiddos of yours, it is kind of in your hands, in my opinion, and your responsibility if these are truly kids, they're not 18 and over, these are your kids, It's your responsibility to make sure that they are getting a balanced, nutritious diet. So it's so important. I always tell my my moms that I work with, there is no reason that you should be making two different dinners every night or two different meals, one for the kids and one for you. A healthy, balanced diet is appropriate for everyone and there are so many recipes that are delicious and still healthy. I have to honestly say that I never, ever, ever in my life (laughs) made my son a separate dinner than what I ate as he grew up always. He always ate the healthy, balanced meal that I ate, and that's just how it was. I feel like as soon as you start giving your children the opportunity and offer that you will make them something else, that is generally when you will be making two meals a night. And that can really be a lot of work. So just remember, healthy, balanced nutrition, good enough for your children. They don't need those multivitamins unless a pediatrician is prescribing that for them. Uh, And probably you don't need one either if you are eating just as healthy and balanced a diet. All right, everyone, that's it for Eagle Eye on Health. Do you want to know what I used to do and if I knew then what I knew now? Gosh, I think 
a lot would have been different for me growing up. Honestly, I truly, truly believe that. Now, that all being said, um, a lot of people ask me, were you ever overweight? Did you always look like you do right now, you know, on social media and whatnot? I can honestly say that I was never an overweight child. Um, Definitely through high school, never overweight at all. And I do credit a lot of that to my mom who made all three of my meals every single day. And that included a healthy balanced dinner every night with a vegetable. And I think that when you eat home or eat three meals, like she packed my lunch for school that are from home, um, you generally will have your weight under control. It often starts to be when the kids start eating a lot of the school lunches or going out for lunch or you're bringing, I hear, you know, parents bringing in McDonald's for their kids to lunch because they didn't have time to make lunch. That's when, as a child, you sometimes can start to see childhood um, weight gain. And so I never had any issues with my weight, definitely through high school. But when I went to college, guess what? I literally put on the freshman 15, like to the pound. And that was a lot of weight for someone my size. I'm 5'5", and 15 pounds in a year definitely showed. Uh, By the end of my first year at UC Santa Barbara, I was a little bit in shock, I think, when I went home for the summer and nothing fit, and I just felt so not happy about where I was at. Now, why did that happen? I honestly had no education about nutrition in high school. As I said, my mom just cooked three healthy meals for me. That's what I ate. I never um, was told I couldn't have anything. So if I wanted cookies at night, I'd have a few cookies, but I wasn't restricted. So I never felt like I had to eat more or less. You know, I think sometimes when we restrict children, oh, you can only have two, or it makes them want even more. And I have to say, it was just never an issue. But when I went to college and I started eating at the dorm, I didn't really like the food that they had. It was a lot of greasy pizza and burgers and fries. And so I just resorted to the amazing cereal bar (laughs) that they had. Like, I'm talking like Lucky Charms for dinner like every night because I didn't know any better. And they had a great ice cream bar. So after my Lucky Charms with dinner, I would have ice cream like almost every night as I think back, I I can't remember, you know, exactly, but that's kind of what I ate a lot of. It wasn't vegetables, it wasn't the dinners they were serving because I didn't really like most of them. And so I can honestly tell you that I was not getting a very healthy diet and I gained 15 pounds, mostly because I just didn't know any better. Now, I went home that summer and my mom said, let's go on a diet. And I said, okay. And I didn't know what that meant, but she basically said it means we eat 1,200 calories a day. And I said, okay. And that's what we did. And I lost all the weight um, and I worked out a lot. We went to a gym and and that was good. You know, that, that helped me lose weight at the time, probably not in the healthiest way, but that's in those days what you did. And that's how it happened. Now, that all being said, it put me into a phase of life 
starting in college and definitely in graduate school that I started definitely struggling with keeping that weight off. And so these are the 10 things that sort of I was doing that I wish I'd known better because they weren't the best ways to help me and probably why I kept struggling to keep the weight off. So if I knew then what I know now, number one, the number one thing, not the number one out of all 10, but one of the things is that I definitely thought that less calories meant more weight loss. And so repeatedly from college through graduate school, I would try to deficit my calories so much, like for example, the 1200 calories I ate with my mom that summer, that's not a lot of calories for someone of my height and that I was working out every single day. And so I was truly starving myself for so many years and I was miserable. And when you starve yourself like that and you eat so few calories, what do you think happens? Your weight goes up, your weight goes down, your weight goes up, your weight goes down. Why? Because you can't sustain starvation. So once you don't eat enough calories for long enough, then you binge eat, right? And so I would definitely go through those phases where I would not eat very much, and then I would go to a drive-through and eat a ton because I was starving. Um, And then you go back on the diet on Monday. Oh, I gotta starve myself again. Less calories means more weight loss. And that cycle definitely went on and on for me throughout college and part of graduate school. So less calories does not mean more weight loss. If I knew that then, I could have stopped some vicious cycles very early on in my adult life. Number two, a really big one. More exercise does not mean what? More weight loss. So when I was in graduate school at that point, again, weight was going up, weight was going down, up and down and up and down. One thing that I realized was I could just work out so much because if I work out super hard every day, then I will lose weight because that's calories burned. And those were the days of sort of the kickboxing era and Taibo and all that. And we had this incredible kickboxing studio by us. I lived in San Francisco in the city and uh, it was called Gorilla Gorilla Gym. I don't know if anybody remembers it, but man, it was amazing. And they had some of the best cardio kickboxing classes ever. But let me tell you something, these classes were insane and they were so intense. I mean, we would just be like dripping sweat by the end of these workouts. Not to mention that's also when cycling started, spinning classes. And this gym also had the best spinning classes. And it was like, okay, I'm gonna do a super hard spinning class and then I'm gonna go upstairs and go right into that kickboxing class. And I'm gonna do this like every day, right? That did not work. As I tell people all the time, overtraining, overexercising 
it'll never help you lose weight because it becomes so much stress on the body that my body probably had so much cortisol from all that stress in it and cortisol release is never gonna help you lose weight, not to mention my body was probably going into extreme adrenal fatigue because all I did was work out, work out, work out as many hours as I could fit in you know, after graduate school each evening. So if I knew then what I know now, I would not have worked out so, so much thinking that that was going to help me lose weight. Because as we say, as I saw and as I look back, I was not losing weight, but I was probably working out more than I ever had before. Number three kind of goes in hand with number two, but hard workouts daily are not going to help me lose weight. So not only was I working out two plus hours a day from the cycle class to the kickboxing class and then sometimes with the strength training trainer, not only was I working out so many hours, but I was doing the hardest workouts possible every single day and sometimes two on top of each other. Like I would take the kickbox class and the cycle class and the strength training, right? All hard days, no days off, no recovery days, no active recovery, just go, go, go as hard as I possibly could. And it did not work if I knew then what I know now, right? If only there was someone there to help me. Number four, diets that take out entire nutrients are doing more harm than good. So for example, the no fat diets, the no carb diets, those taking out an entire nutrient group from your macros, right? Your your fat, your protein, your carbohydrates, those kind of diets where you just simply removed all the fat. I'm never gonna eat any fat. Everything was no fat back then. That was the big thing, the no fat diet. I talk about it all the time and I laugh that the, the Entenmann's fat-free cakes that they had and the Snackwell uh, no fat, those little devil chocolate cookies that I can still like taste the chemicals in them quite honestly. All of those no fat things, do you know what they led to? They led to me being fatter than ever. So removing fat from your diet is not going to help you lose weight. And in fact, that was the heaviest I'd ever been when I was on the no fat diet, right? Or trying to take carbs out of your diet. It's absolutely ridiculous and it doesn't work. But those were some of the fads going on that you were gonna remove these entire nutrients if I knew then what I know now that our body needs all of these nutrients. Our body needs healthy carbohydrates. Our body needs healthy fats. Our body needs protein, right? We need all of these things in a very balanced way and when you do that, you're gonna lose weight a whole lot faster than if you remove an entire nutrient group that your body needs. Sometimes we have to shake ourselves and wake up here. It's not about losing weight if you're not healthy. That is not sustainable and can create illness over time. So again, I like wanna shake my old self and teach them, if only I knew, if only there was someone there to teach me that those kind of no nutrient diets were doing so much more harm than good. Number five, what about the FOMO diets? FOMO, you know what that is, fear of missing out. I call it the FOMO diets. 
Because what was happening when I was in graduate school is everybody was on some kind of diet. And I wanted to do what my friends were doing in fear that they might lose weight and then I wouldn't. If they were doing this diet and I wasn't, then that was a fear I had. Like, this must be the thing to do. All the girls in San Francisco are doing it. I got to do it too. At that time, it was the cabbage soup diet. Again, I have talked about these things in the past and I laugh looking back. But me and my roommate at the time, we were were we were ready to lose weight. So we got to go on the next diet there is and everybody's doing the cabbage soup diet. So we made huge pots of cabbage soup and literally all you were supposed to eat on this diet is cabbage soup. I believe you could have as much as you wanted, but you couldn't eat anything else other than this cabbage soup. Well, I think that lasted like a few days because (laughs) there is only so much cabbage soup that you can eat. And what is the point of going on one of these ridiculous diets if you can't sustain it over time? Even if we lost five pounds in those three days, I can pretty much assure you we gained it back the next day when we started eating normal food again. So fear of missing out diets, those are never gonna help you. Oh, if I only knew that then. Number six. This is a really important one that I've had to learn over many, many years, even past graduate school. Um, If a workout is causing you pain, you should stop. Not only should you stop, but you should never do any workout that causes you pain. Now, a perfect example of what I used to do is that I used to do a lot of Ashtanga yoga. So this probably... um, Well, I did some in graduate school, but then I moved back to San Diego and I started my um, acupuncture practice. That's where my graduate school was in Chinese medicine. And when I moved back to San Diego, I got very into Ashtanga yoga, which is very big in the Encinitas area. And Ashtanga yoga is, it's intense. It's, I mean, it's some very deep postures. Now, I think I liked it because I grew up as a dancer, and so moving into yoga, I already had this great flexibility. But this is what would happen. I would go into these classes, and in those types of classes, the teachers would come around, and they would help you get into a bind. And if you don't know what Ashtanga Yoga is and you don't know what a bind is, just sort of try to imagine me in some cross-legged position with one arm above my shoulder and one behind my back. And the teacher wants me to touch both fingers together. So they come behind me and they squeeze my body until my fingers touch and I could hold that bind. And again, because I was flexible, I could get into these postures, but sometimes it took the teacher helping me by squeezing, you know, my hands together, my arms together, opening my chest to get into the posture. And what would happen was I would almost always leave Ashtanga class limping because it really hurt and my knees would hurt from it and my back would hurt from it. And when I look back on it, I realize why was I doing that to myself? Like anything that causes you pain and you're limping from it after is a sign that something has gone wrong. Something is too much. It would be like going for a run and then your knee always hurts. Well, that's a sign. Then something's wrong. We have to fix it or you need to back off running. You need to change your shoes. You need to do something. But anyway, if I knew then what I knew now, I probably wouldn't do Ashtanga yoga. It left me in somewhat of pain more than feeling good. 
Um, or maybe I would have told the instructors, I'm good, don't push me into the binds. You know, like if I can do it on my own, that's one thing. If I have to be forced into the posture, I think we're missing some of the purpose. So if I knew then what I knew now, I would not have done a lot of that type of yoga for sure because it definitely was not benefiting my body. And I say this because if you're doing any kind of workout, if you're going to CrossFit and then you come home and you can barely walk each time, you gotta think ahead because that's doing overall damage to your body that could leave you wear as an adult in later years. You know, we wanna take care of our bodies and whenever the body has pain, it's a sign that something is wrong here. Number seven, if I knew then what I knew now, I would have done a lot more cross training. I had no idea what cross training was. If you don't know what cross training is, just briefly, it means you're changing your workouts. So I honestly think that you should change your workout daily, meaning I don't do any of the same workout day after day. I don't run two days in a row typically, um, unless one of it is just like a one mile warm up for a strength training, something like that. Cross training is doing different workouts because that is going to benefit your body so much. But back in the day, I used to do that same cycle class every day. I used to do that same kickboxing class every day. I used to keep going to the same Ashtanga yoga every day. And I would get into these routines where I would do the same workout every single day for X period of time. And I just think that that will never benefit you as much as cross training will. So if you're someone who loves cycling and you love your Peloton or you love that cycling studio, that's so fantastic, but I probably wouldn't do it every single day. One reason especially is because that kind of repetitive motion over time on your knees, on your hips, is a lot on your body. So, you know, cycle one day, go for a power walk one day, strength train one day, do yoga one day, go running one day. But cross training is almost always going to be the key to a healthy body. And that is something I definitely wish I did more of when I was growing up. Number eight, you can't put on muscle with high reps and low weight. Now, this is something that back in the day, now I'm probably, I'm, I'm going through my mental memories of like, okay, that was my graduate school gym. And, and that was, you know, when I moved back to San Diego, that was my gym. And, and then I see myself like post-divorce, I got a divorce and I wanted to get in the best shape of my life. And so my strength training back then was lifting light weights, but tons of reps, because that's what that's what everything said to do for women, right? Light weight, high reps, that's how you're gonna do it. Well, that's not how you're gonna do it, ladies, okay? So you're gonna get so much more out of lifting a little bit heavier for less reps if you're trying to actually put on muscle. And after that divorce, when it was my goal to get in the best shape of my life, which is definitely when I started to see a real transformation in my body, I had finally learned that the high rep thing was not going to work with low weights. And that's why my body was never changing. I was never seeing that muscle definition. Well, all of a sudden I started lifting heavier and I'm not talking like CrossFit heavy. Like I'm not talking huge barbells and lifting squats and deadlifts with hundreds of pounds. No, I'm not. I'm just talking about lifting heavy enough 
that when I did eight reps of bicep curls, I was shaking versus the little tiny weights where I could do like 100 reps and never feel it. So always make sure, ladies, that you're lifting heavy enough that eight to 10 reps, you're really starting to feel it. And if you're not, you probably can go heavier in weight. And I definitely wish that I'd known that earlier on. I would have put a lot more muscle on a lot sooner had I stopped doing a waste of time of just, you know, throwing light weights for like an hour. Number nine, this one, so important for so many of us to learn at all ages. I'll definitely tell you that. The quality of food that you choose, it says, It's an absolute essential part of your health. And getting your calories from foods that don't benefit your body, like fast food or always eating out in restaurants all the time, that will never be the same as eating healthy, organic, real food, even if the calorie amount is the same, right? And I think I used to think that all calories were created equal. So if I did want to go to McDonald's, you know, if I didn't eat the rest of the day, then that was fine because that was the same amount of calories that maybe a full day of healthy eating would have been. Calories, yes, calorie is a calorie. Calories are equal, but the quality of the calories are not. And so you want to remember that it it is more than just calories in versus calories out, which is why working out more is not going to be the answer, even if that's calories in versus calories out equals deficit, right? And you should be losing weight, but you're not, right? Quality of food is definitely essential. And that really comes back to making sure you understand that losing weight and being skinny is nothing if you're not healthy. And yeah, I know a lot of people who are skinny in the definition of what some people consider skinny, and they're really unhealthy. And their cholesterol is so high and they're fatigued all the time because they're missing major nutrient groups from their diet, but that's how they stay so-called skinny. Being skinny is not healthy. And that is something I wish I knew when I was younger as well. But quality of food has become something that over the years has, has really become important to me because I see how important it is for our body to have quality of food. And by quality of food, I'm talking real food. So things that come from the ground or come from a mother are technically real food. Your vegetables, your fruits, your chicken, I always eat organic, ground turkey. Um, I limit the amount of red meat that I have, but I still have it a few times a month. Real food, not processed food, not chips that come from the bag and pretzels that come from the bag and cookies that come from the bag and the candy bar that comes from the bag and even tons of protein bars that are honestly very processed. Um, Eating real food, sticking to the source as closely as possible of everything that you eat. Now, not everything can be the source. Like, you know, a banana is just a banana. Nothing's been added to it. So I try to eat a lot of foods that have one ingredient just like that. But not everything is going to be just one ingredient. But on the whole, shoot for it. And you're going to see that when you reach for that bag of processed goods, read the ingredients. 
See how many ingredients, is there one ingredient or are there 20 ingredients? Can you pronounce half of them or can you pronounce any of them? Because usually if not, it's a lot of chemicals they're adding. So just remember that the quality of the food that you are eating is always the most important thing and that all calories are definitely not created equal. And the last thing that I truly wish I knew then, that I definitely know now, is that you have to fix your happiness. If you are unhappy, and that might be because you have a lot of stress in your life, maybe you have financial stress, maybe your job sucks and you are miserable in your job, maybe you're in a relationship that's just not working and the reality of that is a tremendous amount of stress and guilt and not happiness, right? I know that for me, the heaviest times in my life were the times I was the most unhappy. And trying to fulfill that happiness with food and comfort food um, or exercise, you know, trying to just stay busy and keep moving and lose weight as the focus, that never fixes that weight loss problem. Because honestly, being happy, being content, being you know, just happy where you're at in your life can sometimes be the thing that's missing, whether it's for your weight loss or your mental health or your just overall well-being. And so when I went through those times in my life of unhappiness and feeling lonely, you know, I had a broken engagement, I had a divorce, I've had definitely had my times, um, as we all do. I mean, everybody has a story and they're not happy. You're not going to be happy in every chapter of your life. But if I knew then what I know now, I would have looked for things to do that would have brought me more happiness. Um, maybe gotten more involved in, in groups that interested me. Maybe if I had gotten involved... I'm having trouble hearing you. Oh, maybe if I had gotten involved in um, triathlon back then when I was young, that might have given me something new to focus on. I honestly think that it's sometimes just a matter of changing your focus and finding new things that interest you, that sometimes can pull you out of those unhappy times. And then we're not using those times to fill them with comfort food and overtraining and all these things like that. So finding happiness, it's not always easy. And it's not always something that we can do right away. Like I said, maybe you're in a tough relationship. Maybe you're married and it's really bad right now. Or maybe you're in a job that's really not great, but you can't quit, you need the money. But can you start looking for a way to fix it so that one year from now you're not still in that place? I'm not telling people to make rash decisions. Should you be in therapy with your partner? You know, that might be a great way to take a first step. Should you be looking for another job so that if this one is not going to get better and causes you so much stress in your life, is that the life you really want? Because let me tell you, you only get one life. You know, they say this is not a dress rehearsal. It's not. So don't go through it and hang in there forever with that job you don't like. Start looking for these other opportunities. And if I knew then what I knew now, I would have been looking for more opportunities much earlier when I was feeling sad and lonely and needed some new things in my life um, to get me through. 
And that's everything. Those are the 10 things that if I knew then what I know now, I honestly think it would have changed a lot in my health, uh, in my happiness, in my weight loss, because that was just, you know, for a girl in her 20s and even 30s, that's definitely, unfortunately, such a big focus of our lives. Uh, That's just the society that we're in. But I think that if we could share this information with younger people to make sure that they understand, like if someone had read this list to me when I was in my 20s, would have been amazing because I would have learned a lot from it. So that being said, if you enjoy the podcast today, please give it a share on social media. Please give it a share to anyone that you know that might be struggling because what if we could help them know now what they don't know? Uh, and that's sometimes just half the battle. So thank you so much for listening to the Earn That Body podcast today. If you ever have any questions about any programs, need help with your nutrition, your workouts, your weight loss journey, please feel free to check out earnthatbody.com. And I hope that you are off to a great summer ahead. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.